like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello, good evening. This is episode 63. We're not going to be talking about anything specifically in this episode, except for the releases of 2023 that we haven't covered already. Although I'm sure that there's probably going to be things that we have already covered cropping back up. Yeah, there'll be some overlap at least. We've probably briefly discussed something. So, Zayford has got some very strange picks. But we were kind of discussing this before we were recording. Um, a lot of mediocre movies this year, actually. Not a lot of hugely standout movies. And I think the ones that did stand out, we kind of covered already. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, It's been a bit of a mixed bag this year. I don't think there's been some... Like, I don't think there's been some really crazy awesome releases, like, to look at it. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Zayford has picked to talk about Slother House. So, <laughs> Zayford, why did you pick this? Because it's one of those films that you might regret not watching, but once you've watched it, you might also regret watching it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films that probably should have never been made, and off the title alone is ridiculous enough to watch it. It's daft, and let's be honest, that's what you're kind of into. So like it was it was I remember seeing the trailer come out and I'm like, okay. The horror film about a sloth that kills people, apparently. I kinda need to know how, because obviously the sloth typically in the normal world. The sloth is very slow. So and... yeah, explain this to me. In in the movie, because I haven't seen it, is it slow? When it wants to be. When Wrong. it doesn't. <laughs> Any other time, it can be as quick as fuck. Okay. You know, I have the same theory on worms. So you know how worms are kind of slow? Yeah. I've noticed if you don't make eye contact with them, they're really quick. Yeah, what so like slugs as well? Uh, I think slugs are faster than they make out that they are too, and snails. Yeah, I not mean, I guess not massively, but but worms are definitely faster than we think that they are. Is it, so yeah. in in the sense of like time, if you observe time, it goes slower. But if you don't look at it, it's it seems like it's gone quicker. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a plausible theory. I just, I don't really understand, like, why they felt that a sloth would be scary. Um, does it's really it not. Is it, or is it just one of those things that's just like, you know, like, killer couch, it's just so ridiculous that it's funny. Yeah, I think it is one of them. Because it's, you've taken a very slow animal. Docile. Yeah, and you've decided to make it the killer of a film. 
and fast. <laughs> when it wants to be. Yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't fit in its natural state. So I suppose like m- making it into something that it isn't kind of makes it work. I'm kind of putting it off as one of those late night movies after I've had my medication. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> one of those late night B movies. Yeah, get some friends around, have a few bevies. Yeah. It's uh you smoke some wacky tobacco if you're into it. <laughs> and then just watch it because it's fucking ridiculous. It's not highbrow cinema, no. No, it's also not great. It's just one of those films that I've watched over the year and it's for whatever reason still in my head. And it's just it's it's one of those films I'm probably never gonna watch again either. Unless I'm showing someone a ridiculous film. Okay. Well, I feel like I've got a few picks for myself now after looking at the releases of this year because me and Zephyr were talking about this. We were, there's a couple of films, especially uh, the Netflix movie, The Strays, like because it was came out so early in the year. It's like, did it come out this year? Yeah, so, it, I think it was like January or February when it came out. Yeah, it was very, very early on. So um, obviously for me, I think one of the standout films that I recall, although I don't really want to speak about it, because I went to see it with somebody who cheated on me. Fuck you, by the way. Um, Infinity Pool. Now, I was looking forward to Infinity Pool a lot because I love Mia Goff. And I was excited to see what she was going to do because it seems like everything that she touches turns to gold. Um, you I'm know. very close to Yeah, like she, she's a great actress um, we were gonna get her to see her in her all her British accent glory. That's what she actually sounds like. So, yeah, it was it was so cool to see Mia Goth in more of a natural state. Um, I Infinity Pool was fun to watch at the cinema. Like it was like um, didn't really know what was going on in some parts. Like it, there was lots of twists and turns. And I really like that about movies that aren't predictable. Like you really don't know what's going on because obviously slasher movies, um, even movies with demented families, like we think about uh, X and Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Scream, they all <laughs> kind of follow similar fo- formulas. Like they're, they're like the uh, beginning building blocks of these genres. And I liked Infinity Pool because it wasn't necessarily fitting into anything. Um, it was kind of a sexy thriller. It was kind of a horror. There was a little bit of body horror going on as well. Um, it was just, and it was kind of funny. Uh, some of the acting seemed deliberately poor to add to the entertainment value, which it did. Um, I really liked the idea um that the director had for the movie. So obviously with Possessor, a lot of that whole movie was playing with noise, whereas this movie was playing with visuals. And the visuals, especially seeing them like on a huge screen, it was amazing to watch. And at times I had to like look away because of how crazy it was, particularly the orgy scene um, in Technicolor craziness. (laughs) It was... um, it, yeah, it really sticks in your head. Um, and obviously the uh, the part where Mia Goss on top of a car eating KFC saying, Jesus! is uh, 
a standout moment for me for horror. And the fact that the dude took like three urns of himself home, like we don't we don't understand why, but we don't question the elite and their ideas of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, probably best not to question it. Yeah. Um obviously uh directed by Cronenberg's son, right? Yeah, Brandon. Yeah. So I do not think much about David Cronenberg in more recent times, particularly Crimes of the Future. I did warn you I, about that film. I did have some trepidation watching it, uh, but I was I was quite um I was quite impressed by it. It was it, and it gave you something to think about too. Um I think with Possessor and infinity pool there's definitely like a essence of like a surface level understanding of it but it is is the type of movies that you like you come back from the cinema and you like have a think about it and be like what just happened there Mm. yeah i just i remember watching possessor in i think it was 2021 i went to see it at the cinema yeah i think you went to go see it early yeah and it was really cool like um hearing that in in cinema quality was really cool so i I would recommend if they ever do do re-screenings and you ever if you haven't seen those movies or you have like a pretty fucking cool setup in your own house that you literally watch it on those because like it it deserves to be on a big screen it deserves to have the sound and everything because if it's rich it's a very rich movie aesthetically so yeah that that was the one that I really wanted to talk to talk about, and I know that we're supposed to mostly be talking about horror movies and releases of this year, but there is a release this year that is not a movie so much as a series, and that is the return of Black Mirror. Now, I've been into Black Mirror ever since it first came out, so when it came out this year, I was so excited. Did you know that it's been like four years since the last series? I didn't even know it had been that long. So um, I think I kept on seeing stuff on the internet when it was about to come out. About yeah. how long it had been. Yeah. So like I didn't realize it had been that long. And that that's how these it he's very good at making uh when I say he, I mean Charles Brooker. He's very good at making it stick in your head. And this year, Black Mirror actually ventured into like horror territory which was weird. And I I think of Black Mirror as horror anyway, because I think that dystopian stuff, when it's done well, is a horror, because <laughs> there's nothing worse than real-life dissension into fucking chaos and misery and bullshit, right? Uh, but in this season, they actually did uh, a couple of, like, particularly horror which is it, and it was it strayed off so much to black what Black Mirror normally does because it's normally sci-fi, <coughs> um, like dystopian sci-fi. So to have it do what it do that was really strange. Um, and yeah, it actually came out the day after my birthday, so that was pretty cool too. Uh, but yeah, there was two episodes particularly that were uh, horror, and that was Maisie Day and Demon Seventy Nine. Now Demon Seventy Nine is one of the reasons why. Um, Simon, not Simon, Art Garfunkel, um, Bright Eyes is my most played song 
because of the ending of Demon 79. I don't know if we're allowed to spoil it, but... I mean, it's a TV show. I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> if people have, if people are into Black Meryl, have seen it by now. Yeah, so it basically follows the story of Meek Sales' assistant. Um, she's told by this demon who looks like Boney M, uh, that she has to commit these murders to prevent a worldwide disaster. And she gets a little bit too into it. She There's a lot of like underlying themes about the underclass in the 70s in England. Um, she is Asian as well. So there's lots of like undertones of racism and the frustration of, of being um, an Asian woman in that country, in our country at that time. So that's that is really interesting, obviously, because we weren't even born at that point. So it's and the way it's shot the the soundtrack to it like i said the the beginning of it is um has bright eyes and at the end of it they play bright eyes as well uh she actually gets rumbled and put in a police cell and they're basically just like you know poor woman and then some some have sympathy for him but some don't and just think that she's a raving lunatic because boney m's told her to commit all these murders to prevent like a a mass death um and then, yeah, we watch an atomic bomb get dropped on England. And as they didn't prevent this from happening, they now have to face reality. So the demon, uh, because he failed getting her to complete it, he now has to spend eternity in purgatory. And she actually, in the end, chooses to be with him rather than be obliterated by the atomic bomb. And I think that she does that because she's pretty much spent her whole life being alone. And while it was fucking awful being with him, it was better than what she had before. And mm. they salvaged this weird little friendship. And it's actually quite emotional. Like it's, it, seeing this uh, pariah, like social pariah, this outcast uh, take the hand of a demon and walk into oblivion together. And just, you know, just goes to show how nihilistic and bleak the world can be um sometimes it's just easier to take the hand of a demon <laughs> what than be blown up by an atomic bomb i don't yeah. know i mean you'd be killed pretty quickly wouldn't you but i don't know i feel like i, feel like I could be good friends with a demon <laughs> but yeah i i absolutely loved it but it was it was so not how black mirror it normally is and i i think like you would only really be able to understand that if you've seen Black Mirror's like previous seasons, I mean, I know they branched out to bigger, more um, higher grade, higher budget thing, like segments, like episodes, like mm -hmm. San Junipero, for instance, right? Uh, you know, it's completely different from typical Black Mirror. I mean, when it started going off to um, the Americans and, you know, the big budgets, there was, there was a shift, but this season was a huge shift towards stuff. And, while I really like Demon Seventy Nine, I don't. It doesn't feel like a Black Mirror episode. It it feels like something entirely different on its own. But it it's worthy of uh, being in my top picks. However, um, when I'm thinking about Maisie Day, I did not like that episode at all. <laughs> so this is a another horror hybrid that seems to have come out of Black Mirror, which again is just it's just it's too much not black mirror um there's werewolves there's a supernatural element there's there's basically this very garish um commentary on how 
the paparazzi literally don't care if you're dying. They'll still snap, snap, snap pictures out of you. Um, it's very, very bleak. It's it's not got a nice message to it at all. Every dog for himself, I guess, is the takeaway from it. Um, did not like it at all. But again, Black Mirror decided to run with the horror theme this year. Um, ah, of course. Uh, one of my favourites from that season as well, Lock Henry. Uh, we actually find out, spoiler, that this cute, nice little old lady mum, uh, Scottish mum, is actually a, a, a demented serial killer on par with, uh, I don't even want to say Ted Bundy, because I don't even think, I think it was worse than that. I mean, the driller killer, the torso, the uh, toy box murders, like it, she, she filmed it and she had it all like on display <laughs> in her living room. <laughs> And like all like individually named and shit, so that was pretty. That was pretty cool, uh, and it was like a gradual twist as well. Like they just go back to make some, um, make some documentary, and like it just they end up finding out that it's actually the mum is like this serial killer that's been killing people, and it's it's crazy. She actually kills herself and um leaves all of her tapes and whatnot to for her son to find, which is not pleasant a very demented gift yes yeah. that, that is a that is a black black mirror that is that's a dark episode um the lighter ones obviously joan is awful made me made me get streaks in my hair for a couple months <laughs> i had um like two blonde bits from the from joan and joan is awful just because salma hayek had it and she looked hot so i thought I I mean, salma hayek is pretty hot still she is, she is. She, and she she was she was really funny in that as well. Um and then uh Beyond the Sea as well. Um that is really interesting. That's that's a lot more about space. So Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that he he basically uh is very lonely and strikes up a relationship with the other astronaut's wife in like an ARG. It well, they they actually get to be a part of like real life they get to be like put back in to be with their wife um and it it gets a little lines get a bit blurred it starts taking a little bit too much advantage of the situation mm. and uh, yeah so that's a pretty dark one a lot of people didn't um think highly of this season um i think it's mainly because of uh Maisie day like i said i think that was the weakest episode for sure some people really didn't vibe with lock henry either but i really liked lock henry like i, I actually now that i've just talked about it, i think i'm gonna watch it again because i i really i really enjoyed it um i like those kinds of twists though like my favorite episode of black mirror is uh the movie of uh, the, the episode white bear so i liked those kinds of really really dark twists that you don't you just would never see coming because you're just like what the fuck um but yeah joan is awful was much more like some weird comedy uh beyond the sea obviously more sci-fi and then yeah those two at the end and demons 79 was like a, a whole ass fucking feature film it was like a, a long episode it was like an hour and a half as well so yeah that was... it started getting longer didn't it yeah so that that was pretty cool as well and but i i feel like it needed to be that long to give it the justice of the episode i don't think they could have condensed it any more than they did so yeah i was i was really impressed by it and yeah like i said i don't, I don't think there's anything more horrifying than the potential dystopian futures that lay ahead of us particularly with technology and everything that's going on in the world right now you know so 
I think it's worth a mention. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's especially if it's becoming more into the horror side of things. Yeah, and I wouldn't say it's like its best season because there's there's definitely been better seasons than this one. But and a lot of people really didn't vibe with the whole like leaning into horror, um, mainly because that's not what Black Mirror is. You know, it's horror in its own, like I said, dystopian way. Like that's horrifying enough. It doesn't need werewolves. Um, it doesn't need demons or um, supernatural runes. You know, mm. the whole thing that makes Black Mirror so horrifying is the potential of the reality. Um, you so... don't know if werewolves are real. Do you know what? I watched What We Do in the Shadows the other day with my son and um, I keep getting that catchphrase in my head. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> I just... Whoever wrote that. Good old Taika Waititi. It's, it's, such, it's such a good movie. I love it. I still haven't given the series a chance yet. You should. It's all right. But that's a tangent. I had a bit of trepidation worrying if it was Americanized, but apparently it it's, yeah, apparently it's not too bad, but I just, I feel so wounded with what they did with uh, the in-betweeners and skins. I mean, I know that was MTV, but like. They were like, more like remakes than anything. They were literally taking like word by word, but, yeah, but American, different but, actors but where it didn't fit. And it just, it was not good at yeah, all. Yeah, I think, I think I saw one episode of In Between us and it was fucking awful. Yeah. But yeah, um, were there any other, were there any good horror series this year that came out? Do you know? I mean, Creepshow's still going on Shudder. Yeah. Shudder's, okay. That's probably like the main one, mm. like your anthology type show. Um, Horror shows, though. I mean, um... House of the Fall of House Usher, whatever it is. Is that good? I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. It's supposed to be pretty good. It's another um, I can't remember his name. Mike what, something. Um, American Horror Story. Did you watch that this year? No, I didn't. That was pretty cool. Um, they were doing like this whole serial killer in New York City vibe. It was I quite liked it. Kind of fallen out of American Horror Story. Oh, and when last, did you drop? Um, probably like Freak Show. It is all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, so the first like three seasons are all right. See, Horror Hysteria. Uh, she she really likes Cult, and I I don't like Cult at all. I hate I hate that series. Like it it took me about five times to finish it. Mm. I just. I didn't, and I love Evan Peters. Like it's not him. It's just the story. The story isn't good. Um, like and- every time it comes out, I usually try and give the first couple episodes oh, like a chance, and then I'm just not into it. Like Roanoke was one of the main ones I went back for. Oh. I liked the story of Roanoke and the theories and everything, and I, I was like really disappointed by it. I was excited because it was found footage. Yeah, it was like and a. I, I was so bit, bitterly disappointed by that. I gave up after the first couple of episodes. It's the only issue with uh, American Horror Story. Yeah, um, Freak Show I think was great. I really enjoyed Freak Show a lot. I, I, really, 
I loved it. I love the way it ended as well. Bleak. Like they all fucking get shot. <laughs> they all killed. I thought it was horrendous. <clears throat> was hotel before or after freak show? It was after, wasn't it? It was after. That hotel. was when Lady Gaga started putting into it. Yeah, hotel is pretty good. You should give it a chance. I might have to it's a bit try. silly in places. It <clears throat> I might have to try and go back through it all again. Yeah, hotel is good. Hotel is like binge worthy. Like you can sit and watch that. Like episode after episode you don't get bored of that and i think freak show is uh, yeah i really like freak show um coven i hated coven i thought coven was shit um obviously i'm forever a murder house fan but that's because i'm obsessed with tate so asylum was all right asylum was good yeah um i i just i don't really know why people are so into coven so much it's just it's too cliquey it's too like girly that was the thing at the time though wasn't it yeah um but yeah i i really liked um did you see apocalypse that you wouldn't know you wouldn't have seen that then apocalypse is cool because it was kind of like drawing in the different series it was like the first three series put together wasn't it like um not to put together but um the storylines were connected yeah it was cool putting that all being connected to each other i thought that was cool um so apocalypse was good because I mean, one of the main reasons was because we got to revisit Murder House. <laughs> so that yeah. was quite like, and like a lot of people kind of um, weren't happy with the whole idea of Tate being made out to be a martyr rather than the evil sociopath that he was and trying to give him some sort of redemption story that actually it was the house that made him evil and he wasn't a sociopath. I much prefer sticking to the narrative that Tate was a very evil person um, yeah. without the the house corrupting him so i like the idea that he was just a bad he was you know a bad kid just a bad egg well yeah i mean we can't call all school shooters like oh the house made me do it you know because yeah. that's that's what tate was in the end yeah it was uh inspired by con mm. and a, and a, other lot, school a shooters lot of his in. personality was yeah so it was a bit of a cop-out but um ryan murphy he has great ideas, but very lazy at executing finishes. I've mm. noticed that with most of the series that I've watched in American Horror Story, they're so rushed at the end, and it feels very unsatisfying. Um, we that he builds so many arcs and um, relationships and situation, and it it all gets sometimes to wrapped up way 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 too abruptly. Um, so. Yeah, I guess that kind of appeals to people that aren't so invested in the storylines, but I don't know. I have a degree in creative writing, so I don't... I, I've kind of been taught that like you shouldn't really... You kind of need to give your endings as much respect as you give your beginnings. So have you, have you seen any of um, American Horror Stories? No, I didn't watch any of that because... I think the first literal, series came out and it wasn't great. Literal dog shit. Yeah. Bother. Literal dog shit. The only one that I remember that's worth remembering is, well, I remember a couple actually, but the one I'm going to mention is the one that has, there's like a ring doorbell that, that can see ghosts. <laughs> and that's about it. And it's, that is, it's like the most goofiest, stupidest thing. Well, like I said, if you want good on, uh, anthology shows, go for Creepshow. Hmm. 
you get two segments of an episode occasionally it's a special where it's focused more so on one and the more they're just solid they were better storylines better yeah, humor cool. they were thinking stories to be honest with you. i guess ryan murphy like i said he he likes to rush things so he was, he was cashing in on the whole american horror story yeah but like to be able to write a full story in one episode was probably quite appealing to him. The problem is that when he was actually presented with the opportunity, his story sucked. Yeah. It was probably, <laughs> they... just, it was probably just filled season ideas that was like, oh, I can put this into an episode. I absolutely believe that. I really do. I think, I think the majority of that was cutting room floor garbage that yeah. like, no, that like he put in front of producers and they were like, no, <laughs> like no nobody's gonna watch that nobody's interested yeah you can't make 12 episodes out of this maybe one yeah at at the most like maybe like a 10 minute segment or something but even then the stories were not strong the acting was awful and it just it was not good at all to be honest with you though there was one episode like the first episode of american horror stories um i think it was called dollhouse and that had an interesting premise to it um it was like a a bunch of people that had to pretend that they were dolls for this like sadistic freak um and that had potential but then even that fell apart towards the end as well that was it didn't end well like it didn't it didn't end good it, yeah none of none of the stories were like satisfying they were just it was kind of mediocre like at best it wasn't it wasn't like enjoyable yeah i mean i'm not shocked <laughs> but you, I mean, you gotta agree. Some of the Mer- American horror stories is, is really good, like really good horror. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of dip it back in when they did the eighties <laughs> one, and then but I didn't finish it. Especially Asylum, like like you said, Asylum was good. It was really good. Yeah. I think the whole like uh one of the doctors being uh part of the SS was a really cool twist. Um all the experimental shit they were doing to them, which was, you know, exactly what they were doing in mental asylums. Also, um, this show's, like, a decade old. Uh, if you complain about spoilers, then I don't know what to tell you. You should have seen Asylum by now, I'm sorry. But, yeah, yeah. there's been there's been plenty of um, movies out on streaming that have been pretty good throughout this year uh yeah. but some of the theatrical releases we're just not going to really talk about um particularly like the exorcist of uh, the saw 10 um just I mean, saw 10 we might talk about at some point but i feel like interest me so good like i just i feel i feel like um i feel like that storyline is is done i feel like it's just a cash grab at this it point it was done six films ago it was, and I. This is why I just like when I saw Spiral, I thought, hmm, okay, maybe an opportunity to put a new spin on this. And sure enough, it was. It, you know, when you want to play a game, motherfucker, like that was fun. But it was like, just yeah. When Jonathan Kramer, Kramer died, it's like that's where the film should have stopped. Yeah. Look, carry it on by adding. Oh, this was his mysterious sidekick that no one knew about until this moment, and then we're gonna retcon it in in the next film. Yeah, Saw is a franchise that has been done to death, but it seems to do so well in the box office that it gets another sequel next year. Right. So it's like at the end of the day, it is the consumers consuming, isn't it? Um, it might actually be Halloween with the amount of films it has, if it carries on. 
Because mm. Halloween has 13 films. It only needs two more after the next one. To be on par with it. And of course, I know that we did Thanksgiving, but he's thinking of... He's Halloween. doing a sequel. He's doing a sequel. He's so. a, he's come out and said it himself that he's doing a sequel. And I am very much excited about that. I'm excited for it. But, you know, obviously, Hostel... As long as it okay. the story makes sense. But it shouldn't have gone on for three movies. So I don't I don't know I don't know if you can carry it. I feel like this has more of a storyline. Potentially. Because it's more of a, a revenge based killing, I guess, on this one. The sequel would be more of a revenge killing. Like going after the same girl because he stopped his plan, etc. Bullshit. Um, at the end of the day they're he's probably looking at what's selling and you know, Scream did very well. Yeah, well, let's not talk about Scream. Yeah, let's not. Um, I'm already. I'm still sad about that. Yeah, uh, you know, slash and Terrifier. Everyone's excited for the Christmas release of that. Um, not everyone. I've seen a few people on Instagram being like they're not excited because it's. There's set a up couple Christmas. of people that aren't excited about it, but I've for the most part I've heard that people are really you know I think it's because um David Howard Thornton is is like such a cool guy. Like a lot of people think that like they have like kind of like an allegiance to him because he's very like for his fans. And I think that's why it has such a loyal fan base because he actually gives a fuck. Mm. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why Terrifier has stayed so prominent. But like, I'm hundred percent gonna be going to the cinema if it gets over here. Yeah, I'll watch it, obviously. Um I really didn't think that there was. I really didn't think that uh, Terrifier Two was going to be that good, and it was. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be that good. Yeah, so like I think the first one is very, for the most part, yeah, it's a basic horror film, low budget. No one's expecting it to be like amazing. The highlight is a woman above average in half. That's yeah, shit. And some good kills, some good practical effects. And the clown is pretty fucking creepy looking. Yeah. So like it had it had something to it. Um, but nobody thought I think a lot of people just thought, yeah, Terrifier 2 is gonna sit below the B movie that is Terrifier. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were this whole thing. <laughs> so a lot of people like kind of apprehensive of the fact that it was what double the length of the first film. Hmm. It was like an extra hour on at least. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do with a killer clown for two hours and twenty minutes? Yeah. And they did a lot. They did. It's, uh, the mashed potatoes and yams in the face is uh, a personal favourite. It is. Every time I, I see it come up on TikTok sometimes, I'm just like, mate, that is the best bit. It's so <laughs> fucking stupid. And obviously the, the chick in the bed as well. I see mm-hmm. that a lot. I mean, People that... get in trouble for posting that on Instagram. Oh, yeah, because it's fucking horrendous what happens. Like that's that's not a way to go. And I've got to say, Eli Roth, there was some really original kills in Thanksgiving, so it has potential to be good. As long as they use the tagline, "You ain't seen stuff in yet," I'll be happy. Because <laughs> I keep seeing it on like made-up posters yeah. on Instagram, and I'm like, that is the best tagline <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else did you offer up for your highlights of this year? Uh. We could we could talk about the the outwaters, which was I'm gonna say technically it was last year, 
but it didn't come out until over here at least until this year okay i haven't seen this movie at all but it is a part of my 31 days of horror for december so you're gonna have to skeeter around this i I can do that pretty well because a i watched it a while ago and b uh i still can't make sense of the fucking star okay come on then let's hear it yeah it's a found footage film about a group of how was it like five people in I'm just reading it because I can't remember. In the Mojave Desert, because they're off to go shoot a music video for this um model musician they friend they have. And uh they keep hearing like weird sounds. They figure out it's something under the earth, and obviously Mojave Desert is kind of is that where Area 51 is or somewhere close to that? You're asking the wrong person. I wouldn't know. Well, helpful. So is this like an alien movie then? It's more of a... Creature? No. No. Like, it's really weird to describe without potentially spoiling anything. Okay. Um, Like an existential, psychological... um, What is the fucking word I'm looking for? Existential cycle. How would that fit in found footage? Because we're literally seeing a camera. Because it, it it is. Do you, is it? Are we are we like venturing? Cos- it's like cosmic as well. Territory. Cosmic was the word I was looking for. You mean like that, like parallel worlds and shit? Like I said, it's a weird film. And it's really it's weird to describe it without spoiling. They just they slowly lose the concept of time and like they get. Yeah. There's a the... there's a little bit of like t- i kind of guess it's time travel okay it's super weird to describe without spoiling it right like because obviously you're watching it in your footed one days of christmas halloween horror thing to describe it without spoiling it is gonna be weird because it's like it's like a cosmic horror cosmic horror i love but that. The, but there's no like creatures or, or like monsters or anything so it's very much psychological at the same time right yeah like the only people that are in the film are the initial people you meet so is this more like a, a skin rink situation is there a lot are you like purposely withholding things from me or is it is it is it literally like you have to kind of figure this out for yourself kind of movie i, I guess a bit of both right because like obviously withholding certain you just, information you said to but... be like you're still trying to figure out what the fuck happened so i guess because a lot of it yes it's found footage but a lot of it's very dark so you can't see a lot like skin and rink yeah but it's less about an experience It's super weird to fucking you, like, describe. You tried your best, I guess. <laughs> so, like, so why why did you pick this? Like, why why do you think it's good enough to to feature? It's just one of those films that people need to see and figure out what the fuck's going on because I, I still don't know. I need someone on the internet to figure it out for me. <laughs> We've actually had some good VH uh, fan footage movies this year. VHS eighty five was one that I particularly enjoyed. Um, 
they have some, there some weird there were some good segments in it but there was also some not good segments in it i i liked it personally i i i'm one of those i, I really feel like the vhs uh the whole thing of it is not done like i think like vhs y2k would be fucking cool as fuck so i i'm i'm i think that there could be at least at least two or three movies worth left mm. the vhs franchise i don't think we're done yet um but then again that's because i really love found footage movies and i like the fact that it's an anthology movie like the the movies are all it's all broken up into little bits i think that's really cool so <laughs> we really don't have anything like vhs do we um yeah. so i i i think when you when you're into found footage movies you kind of you kind of get a grasp that there's quite a lot of them that aren't great um some of them are just plain shit um and then there's like a lot of like medium movies and then there's like a couple of like really 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 good movies um that are worth watching and i i just i like vhs because it's like it it's kind of takes like all these good storylines that could potentially be made into movies that would then be too drawn out and too boring to watch and condenses them into the best bits so yeah, you get a good 20 to 30 minutes depending on star yeah and i think like um with a lot of found footage movies there is a lot of like stumbling around in the dark like what the fuck is going on kind of thing and i think that actually irritates a lot of people like a lot of people really don't enjoy that kind of movie experience mm. at all um me personally like i i like movies like that to a degree um the one movie that sticks out this more recent that was really good that was a lot like that was as above so below um oh yeah yeah if you have like a storyline that's strong enough you can get away with doing quite a lot of camera shit like that mm. that one was <laughs> um, not too bad yeah and obviously skin and rink uh, is like you said it's more of an experience so it's it that now that is very existential that is very like psychological that that is playing with uh people's nostalgia particularly people in the 90s and 80s i've noticed uh because of like some of the imagery that's shown and some of the toys that are shown throughout it um it really does play with the idea of like how you were how frightened you were in the middle of the night and the things that you would think and do mm. uh, uh yeah and obviously a lot of it's open to interpretation um uh, we're trying to figure out what's happening what's going on so i do i do really like movies like that but i've got to be honest with you i didn't actually know the outwaters was a found footage movie so i might bump that up my list because um yeah i'm always looking forward to finding a good one i think yeah. just go into it uh, expecting to have questions at the end yeah I just pay your Google search. Yeah, yeah. I I'm trying to think of like some more uh, good found footage that I've seen. Um, yeah, the, new, really... the new Hell House was alright. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good actually. Like, it's not the best of the Hell House films, but it's no. um it's definitely in like but I think there's what three of them, four of them now. So it's... the first Hell House was definitely the strongest. Yeah, it's probably like either I'd probably put it like second or third. So I watched Hell House with somebody who literally hates fan footage movies and they thought it was great. So that goes to show how good that movie is. Yeah, it's because the first one's great. I mean, mm. that weird fucking clown, mm -hmm. which comes back in the new one as well. 
I just, fair, the clowns I remember are when I went phase of like being absolutely obsessed with um fan footage movies. I just wanted to consume every single one I could find. And I'll never forget when I found the um shitty franchise that is Paranormal Entity. Um, oh god, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it is so bad. If you're ever looking through paranormal activity and you're like working your way through and you're trying to figure out like what um found footage movie that that is the you can avoid all of those movies they suck they are so badly like i i know you can't exactly say like a found footage movie is badly shot but it is badly shot um and the acting's not good the storyline's not good you're kind of just like what the fuck was that what did i just watch it's not and it's not yeah. in a i wasted my time watching this kind of way i think i only ever watched the first one and i was just like i, I don't want to see any more of these <laughs> There's three of them, I think. I'm I'm not sure. I I I do not even like. Wanna... It was kind of going all right until like halfway through, and then it started like involving the rapey ghost, and I'm like, okay, that's apparently something. And another fan footage I saw I saw this year that didn't actually come out this year was uh, "Be My Cat." Now that's oh yeah, I'm trying. Have you seen it? No, but I'm gonna be telling you about it. Ah, uh, I won't spoil it for you, but it's it's like some dude that's like um obsessed with Anne Hathaway <laughs> and he's like I, I, I don't want to I won't say anymore but he's like he's like a mega fan that's like trying to trying to impress her by doing some really fucked up shit sometimes that's what you gotta do people be weird yeah definitely <laughs> just fucking understand these days yeah, um, of the more popular releases this year there was Megan, um, Knock at the Cabin, obviously the M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong movie. Interesting concept from the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which I to totally went over my head when I was watching it. Um, there was also Winnie the Pooh, which, uh, Blood and Honey, which uh, a lot of people Weird place getting a sequel. did not think much of at all, which uh, I, I didn't understand the hate. I before. enjoyed it. I did too. I I thought I thought some of some of it was quite original and interesting. It was interesting enough to continue to watch anyway. Um, Zafer doesn't have any nice things to say about the Children of the Corn release this year because it's the worst one they've ever done. I haven't seen it, so we'll just we'll, like we'll, they, they've we'll done like several sequels, and uh, <coughs> this one's still the worst one. Hmm. And they're all terrible. Not even like the first one's kind of a cult classic, and people like to watch it because it's shit. Hmm. But they just get worse. Uh, obviously there was the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, more of a comedy than a horror, to be honest with you. It was pretty fun to watch in the cinema, but they had some. Good. They had some good bits, but like when I'll I'll never watch it again. The gets possessed. <laughs> it's not for me personally. Um. The Boogeyman, bit of a snooze first. Didn't think too much of it. Stephen uh, King not doing very good this year. No, uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines I've heard is not very good either. Um, I've heard mixed stuff for it, but it's not one of those things that's on my. Uh, well, it's not high up on my watch list. Cobweb, as well, really interesting. Kind of reminds me of Malignant. Uh, See, in... from the trailer, I get Coraline. It's like Coraline malignant mixed yeah. together. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little bit goofy, um, uh, but quite dark. I I enjoyed it personally. I thought it was pretty good. It was. I, I, I didn't see reason... it at the cinema. I wasn't worth seeing at the cinema. 
the main reason I want to watch it is because the guy that plays Homelander is in it. Yeah. And I'm like, he's he's a great actor for that show at least. Talk to me was quite an interesting release this year. Um I did quite enjoy the whole commentary on addiction and sort of teenage angst being captured in a in a really honest way. Like there were a lot of characters that weren't necessarily cool. Um it was a lot more like uh yeah, a more honest depiction of how teenagers can actually be and the relationships that they have with each other. Um, it was one of those movies where, I, while I liked its originality, it did make me feel quite old because <laughs> I was watching, like, teenagers. But I, I had the same problem with... Uh, what was that freaking movie? Uh, the one that came out last year that was... That was very big. Pete Davidson. Oh, fucking um, bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, that made me feel old as fuck. So it was kind of like that same sort of feeling. Which is weird because fucking Pete Davidson's probably about your age, maybe a year or two older. I know. But... And he's hanging out with fucking teeny boppers. Yep. I probably shouldn't use that because we have an American audience. <laughs> teeny boppers means teenagers, to clarify. <laughs> Um, yeah, and another movie that I really thought was interesting was Influencer. So Influencer is kind of taking from Instagram to culture and talking about like what really goes on like in an influencer's life. And in reality, her life is pretty shit. Like her boyfriend's kind of a cunt. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, her friends aren't really that great. Um, she she meets this nomad who kind of teaches her that there's more to life online and then one thing kind of leads to another and then she basically like takes over the influencer's life and she starts using technology to make it seem and wearing wigs to make it seem like she's um the influencer Mm. and the weirdo boyfriend comes to visit and yeah it's just like it's, it's 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 quite I, I yeah, it's, I don't want to give too much of the story away. I've already told like two thirds of the story, <laughs> but um, I think most of it's given off in the trailer anyway. Yeah, it's it's a fun watch. It's it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think the production of it was pretty good as well. Like it, it I thought it was going to be quite low budget and shit, like leaning on it being mostly an online thing, but no, it was it was actually pretty good. So I would recommend watching that if you haven't watched it. I think it's on Shudder. Yeah. Uh, so everyone should or it's on Prime. Yeah, Amazon. One of the two. Yeah. So that that was a pretty good one as well. Um, didn't see the Nun two. My daughter is a big fan of the Nun, but I haven't seen the Nun two, so I can't comment on whether that's a good one. But I have heard that within the Insidious, uh, conjuring fucking universe. Conjuring universe. Yeah. That is so that it, it's like one of the best movies out of all of it, but that's not really saying much. But I hate to say that, but I'm not a huge fan of the conjuring movies anyway. So, I mean, the first couple of conjuring films, the first two are like the better ones, I think. I like the everything else, like the side stories, are all a bit mediocre. Do you remember the one about the Enfield haunting? Is that the second one? Yeah, 
you know, with the like the actual haunting that happened in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I like. I mean, out of out of all the movies, that's the one that I can remember the most being interested. I just remember the fucking clap game from the first one. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, she falls down. I, I never thought much about Annabelle either. No, to be fair, they get better as they go along. Weirdly, you think? Yeah, the first one was dog shit. The second one was better, and the third one apparently is average. There's a third. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's called Annabelle Comes Home. Oh right, yeah. No, I haven't seen it. But yeah, uh, are there any others that you wanted to talk about? Um, not right now. I mean, we can always save it for another if we come back to it. I mean, we've got to see what we've got to catch up with December because there's a few uh, Christmassy horror films that have come out. Yeah, so if you're following me on Letterbox, I have actually compiled a list of 31 movies that I'm working through in December. Um, it is the 12th today, so uh, I'm as a recording, yes. Yeah, so I'm on day 12. So I'm not doing it as a straight up, like, on this day I watch this, I'm kind of just picking as I see fit, depending on what mood I'm in. So I have noticed that, like, quite a lot of people have looked at that list. So, yeah, if you want to follow along, go ahead and do it. It's just me picking up a lot of movies that I haven't seen this year, peppered in with a couple of movies that I haven't seen from a while ago or that I wanted to rewatch. Um, because why not? Um, I am actually supposed to be watching the movie Femme tomorrow in the cinema, which is very interesting because it has uh, Curtis from uh, Misfits. I cannot remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know he's like 38 years old now? I mean, I imagine so, since Misfits came out, what, fucking 2008? Uh, isn't that crazy, though? That was like 15 oh, years I remember ago. watching that when I was in school. Yeah, same. Like, crazy. But yeah, it um I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's it's supposed to be like um a rape revenge movie, but it's told through uh the eyes of a transgender man. So that is gonna be potentially very interesting. And it's a British movie as well. At the moment on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a ninety-five percent fresh rate. So Oh interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be good and I, I wanna see it in the on the big screen because I think watching these kind of movies is quite interesting I, I me personally i don't think i could have watched i spit on your grave in the theaters when it first came out um i'm not did 2000 did the 2010 version get a theatrical release or did it go straight to dvd over here i think the first remake did mm. if not it was what a horrible movie to go on a first date for yeah, i mean that. I mean, if you know anything about the film, it's probably you probably know it's not a date-worthy movie unless you're both into that weird type of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. Uh, so we've been talking about uh of twenty twenty-three. We've had some interesting shit this year, um, and some not so interesting shit. There's been a lot of mediocrity. Um, not as I don't think this year was as good as last year. Yeah, I'm not as hyped about this year as I was last year. Last year was really good. We had so many cool things last year. Um, I have seen like a little bit of like upcoming releases posting on um, a UK film fest, like the horror fest. They mm. they've 
filed like a list of like 20 24 releases they've done it through slides and yeah there's some really interesting things that we're going to talk about in the next episode of releases that we're looking forward to in 2024 one of them mainly for me is the abcs of death reloaded um and yeah apparently a quiet place day one finally going to be released this year um oh yeah there's there's going to be all sorts of shit coming out so and maxine of course which is, you know, I've been, I'm dying to watch that. I cannot wait to watch that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, it rounds it out nicely. What are you looking forward to watching next year? Um, honestly, uh, Maxine's probably up there, mm-hmm. but I'd probably have to go through the list properly to yeah. figure it out. But I'm, I'm sure hoping- by the time we do like a a roundup of like top fives or whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll have a list of what I want. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that we do have some standout films next year. Um, I think that like a lot of like the films that really like impacted us this year that we talked about them, like we did our own little episodes about them. Mm. So it didn't really feel in this episode that there was some massively standout things, but I can think of a few gems that. Yeah, there's a few good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see you in the next episode where we'll be talking about that. Until then, bye. Bye.